This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go behind the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Shazana Mukhtar. Joining me today is Rita Lee, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo Life Southeast Asia, an editor behind a compilation of essays published under the title The Stories Women Journalists Tell. And I think it's the perfect occasion to be discussing this on the eve of International Women's Day. Rita, welcome to the show. Hi, Shazana. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Now, the stories women journalists tell. The title is is self-explanatory, but how did the idea for the project come about? Yeah, it's quite interesting because with the whole pandemic, uh, we were in quite at the low and low period, right? So I'm based in Singapore. And the idea for the book, interestingly, came about when I was in Kinokuniya. So I was browsing through, you know, looking for my next great read when I picked up a book. And it was actually written by a bunch of uh, women journalists in Arab. So they were reporting on the war. And as I held the book, I felt, okay, you know, we are pretty much fortunate to be in this region without wars and such. And that really, you know, gave me the light bulb to create this project where I could, you know, boldly just reach out to all the women journalists in Southeast Asia as well as Asia and compile their stories and, you know, try to pitch it to the next uh, publisher in Asia. So that's how it came about. Tell me about that process. Was it a matter of going through your Rolodex of all the contacts that you've ever had in your entire career and just sent blasting out emails asking, hey, do you want to be part of this project? Partly. So I was pretty fortunate to, you know, have a handful of close women journalists that I have, uh, you know, met and worked with in both Malaysia and Singapore. So I had reached out to some of my ex-colleagues and as well as like friends of friends. So the whole idea came about when actually I cold emailed Penguin in Singapore and I went, hey, I got this idea for a book. Would it be interesting for you guys? And they came back after three business days and said, yeah, sure, you know, put this thought of yours in a proper proposal. And then they okayed the project. And that was the start of this whole, oh, shoot, you know, I need to... (laughs) Fine, women journalists right now, it's a green light project. So I actually put out a call on my social media. It was Facebook, LinkedIn, as well as Twitter. And then friends of friends just tag, you know, their fellow colleagues or even like uh, former journalists. And that's how I got the ball rolling. And ultimately, uh, 22 stories came into the compilation and they cover a range of experiences and perspectives. Was there, were you looking for specific themes to highlight um, in choosing the stories? You know, what guided your compilation process? Yeah, so the skeleton of the book was quite interesting. In my mind, I knew I wanted to highlight about four to five topics. Of course, them touching on news politics, lifestyle, travel, and so forth, and human interest and arts, yeah. So from that guideline, I was able to narrow down some of the essays that were contributed. So that's how it came about. And although the writers all had different backgrounds and they were in careers at different times as well, at the same time, I couldn't help but notice that there were elements in each story that echoed 
in another. It's, it's like even though you may start with a reporter who was reporting from the 2000s, but then elements of her story were very familiar in someone who was reporting more recently, say from 2019. So did you see your experiences in reporting mirrored in these stories? Yeah, for sure. So I was pretty much um, aware that some of these recurring themes were happening in the essays. And more so because I had requested for our women journalists who participated in this project to come up with their experiences, to draw out the emotions that they felt when they were you know, uh, part of the assignments that they were writing or, or reporting for. So then you could see that you know, we are not just women journalists, we have multi roles. We are mothers, we are wives, we are daughters of you know, someone. We are other things to other people. And you could see that, you know, there's a mom who is balancing her career as well as reporting. And in one of the essays, she chose to, you know, let go of her role as a journalist, you know, to focus on something more stable in part for her family, right? And then in the first essay by Seema, you could see like back then, there was not so much, um, I would say maybe respect for women journalists because in the first opening you know, paragraph already, she mentioned that the editor, her editor back then, you know, had this crass way of saying, you know, you can pee anywhere in the forest, in the jungle, just, you know, look for it. So, you know, you'll be interested to, to find out more about that. She was actually reporting about a supposed terrorist attack up north in Malaysia. So those kind of uh, moments or themes really touched me because then from stories that I hear from my fellow journalists in the region, I hear about disrespect in the newsroom. I hear gender biasness in the newsroom. And all these themes made me you know, drawn to the idea of collecting such stories because I feel that these women journalists can give us a different perspective mm. from a newsroom. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think these kinds of biases are so persistent? Even though we are supposedly in this environment where thing, people are a lot more socially aware, yeah, there's just a lot more um, awareness of, about gender equality and, and just the awareness of uh, discrimination happening. Do you think that we've improved in, in the last decades or so? Or, or is this still a, a big issue in journalism? I would say it's still prevalent, right? Um, in terms of the lack of representation of women journalists in the newsroom, that's one. And then how these women journalists can rise to the top, not so, you know. I even mentioned a quote in my book saying that the Global Media Monitoring Project 2010 survey found that only you know, 15% of uh, women's presence in the news is in Malaysia. And I hear this story of like how, just from my, my fellow, you know, uh, journalists and colleagues, that some women are being passed for promotions in newsrooms, right? So that really concerns me. I mean, I'm in a state where I am very lucky to have been uh, working for women journalists who have supported me, who are my bosses. I have also men, male journalists in the past who also actually put me up for promotion. And I'm very thankful that. I feel it's also because of the culture of the company. 
and how they are you know, gearing towards removing such obstacles by introducing a diversity and inclusion department in the company. So within our department, in the editorial department, I would say we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of talks, sharing. So I feel currently at my role in my company, I'm very, very blessed that there are you know, discussions and education about it. So for the other companies, I would say, you know, try and build up a DNI uh, department. And I think that would thoroughly remove a lot of biasness, a lot of lack of awareness in the newsroom. Mm, so it is, it does have to come from a place of consciousness. There has to be a kind of concerted action to do it rather than just waiting for things to change on its own. How much of it do you think is down to Southeast Asian culture, which tends to be quite patriarchal still, I suppose. Do you think that that also plays a role in perhaps women journalists in Southeast Asia having the experiences that they do in the, in the work? Yeah, I mean, partly so, because a lot of, uh, and it happens not just in the journalism industry, right? It happens all around um, the industries in Malaysia as well as Singapore that when we are so comfortable in our position, in our role that, you know, people just hold on to power. And then from there, they just do all sorts of things to maintain that power, even so to not promote those who are even maybe more experienced, maybe younger, but more experienced over them, not giving opportunities as such. They feel threatened so forth. Yeah, so I think it's a, a big thing about, you know, the culture within the industries itself that perpetuate such uh, mm. Right. The politics and power dynamics are just ever present, regardless of which industry that you're in. I'm speaking to Rita Lee, editor of the essay compilation, The Stories That Women Journalists Tell. After the break, we'll discuss representation of Asian voices in journalism, as well as how journalism and social media intersect. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thanks for staying tuned to Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. On the eve of International Women's Day, I'm speaking to Rita Lee, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo Life Southeast Asia. She's also the editor behind a compilation of essays titled Stories That Women Journalists Tell, which was published in December last year. The lens from which stories are told is extremely important. And you made the conscious choice to focus on stories of women journalists covering Southeast Asia. From your perspective, how well do you think Asian voices are represented um, when it comes to telling Southeast Asian stories, especially to like a mass audience? So it's not just for uh, the local consumption, but perhaps more broadly around the world. Do you think the world is getting enough um, Asian representation in reporting? I feel that there is a turning point in terms of having more of our Asian voices being recognized in US and UK and so forth. I'm starting to see lots more media titles in those fields just only reporting on Asian news. Like, for example, Next Shock in the US that does a lot of, like, you know, the violence on Asians around the world. And it, they even cover stories from Hong Kong, uh, not just on politics, but also on celebrities and entertainment. So that's pretty much welcoming. In our region here in South Asia, I do pick up independent newspapers like Mekong Re Review because I think it's so interesting that they cover different voices. 
uh, of uh, journalists in, in this region and they cover different topics. So it's great to be able to also support such uh, independent news uh, titles too. Mm. So there is a mix, you would say. There's still there, there's room for more Asian voices to come through. But do you think that, I don't know, do you think, especially for English language press, I guess, is there a, a sort of pressure to conform to a particular narrative that comes from the West, for example? Do you get that sense that it can be limited in, in that sense? I don't think so. I think that for us here, we've always been reporting down from the ground, right? Because we are so much uh, fortunate to be in a region where, you know, yes, there are no walls and no uh, endangerment and so forth. So I don't think in any way we are actually influenced by the voices of the Western. Mm. So all the stories that come from our region are pretty much unique, right? I mean, we have such diverse culture, races, people who are doing good. And we should champion people who are doing good from the ground, you know. And that's how, like, for for us at uh, Yahoo, I even spoke to one of the author of my book. Her name is Usha Daniel, and she's a freelance journalist. And she actually just a gutsu woman who went down with, you know, her truck and her boyfriend to help the flood victims, you know, in, in Pahang, and uh, I think she's going up to Trungganu. So we need to hear more of such stories from on the ground. You've also had experience being a journalist covering different beats. So you've covered hard news, you cover entertainment and, you know, lifestyle. I'm curious from your perspective what you make of the term journalist and what that encompasses today in, in our very uh, plugged in online world. Yeah, I mean, true and true from a start. We are the ones that are reporting the news from on ground in a way to also bring awareness to our society, right? The issues that are, you know, affecting us or even the issues that are affecting us in a good way or bad way, you know, both, right? So the narrative has always been about truth reporting, true and true from the start. What do you think about the use of social media in journalism, especially where social media posts become the source of stories or headlines? For me, again, it's about fact-checking, right? Whether you're getting the right voices ahead, whether you're checking your sources, that's for sure. And a lot of sources have been using social media as a tool to get their voice out, correct? Uh, Namely, you know, celebrities who don't need their publicists to put out a statement and they just put up a statement on Instagram, perhaps. And for me, even down to my team, we do pull quotes from celebrities or personalities who make statements. And of course, when these statements are overlapping, say, a second uh, source, of course, then we need to get the statement from the second source, you know, just to make the news balanced. So that's how we approach it. Hmm. The thing with social media is it it provides that um, easy platform for anyone to just say what they want, yeah? Do you think that the prevalence of it is diluting um, the work of journalism, perhaps, and allowing misinformation to flourish more than when it wasn't? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, the role of the journalist has to evolve beyond, you know, just reporting, right? I see lots of my peers are going out, you know, whether they're getting video quotes, whether they're doing podcasts and so forth. So 
again, it's down to the research that they have to do, uh, setting up the time with their sources to get the quotes and interviewing them and putting out, you know, the right format that they see fit. So, yes, there are a lot of, you know, news circulating on social media and lots of maybe fake news that's also happening. But then again, you know, we have to go back to the basis of we are working for, you know, the right media titles. And that is how credible we would like to present ourselves. I think credibility is very, very important because you are representing, number one, the company that you're working for. Number two, your credibility also comes because your name is on your byline. So I don't think any journalist will go forth and you know, report something untrue because then you are not going to be able to find a job, you know, and then that's the if something bad happens to you, like, you know, in terms of like the news report that's not true and so forth. Right. So reputation and credibility are really important for a journalist to uphold um, in any case. Uh, for sure. So circling back to the issue of women in journalism, I'm, I'm wondering if you see women getting pigeonholed to do the soft stories. I guess, how do we change that, you know? Or, or should we change the perception of what stories are valued? Because it, it seems sometimes that women journalists are given the stories that are seen to be of less value, but in actuality, they actually um, are no less important than supposedly hard news that's being focused on. To be honest, I feel like it works both ways. Um, the mentors themselves, their bosses, should also pave the way for young journalists who are interested in different fields, right? Whether it's in sciences, whether it's in crypto or business or healthcare or education. I mean, we are seeing, and I am actually seeing more younger, younger uh, journalists coming up front to report on more heavier news and kudos to them. I think that's great because again, we need more representation in those fields. So yeah, then the mentors also have to give the opportunities to them to try such topics, right? Mm. So I feel like this is a two-way mm. path. Do you think newsrooms are adapting quickly enough to the changing cultural norms of gender equality? I think there was a survey a few years back by uh, the National Union of Journalists who said something like 83% 83 of respondents said their organization had women in senior positions. Um, but I'm wondering if that actually translates into a more empathetic and less discriminatory environment for women journalists. Yeah, I mean... For me right now, I do observe a, a shift in more women executives at the role. You know, currently even my boss is a female and I appreciate her, her empathy, her thoughts, her different views, right? Because again, women have a different form when it comes to uh, different situations. I think it also boils down to the intuition, right, that we have. So, yeah, I, I do see some changes in in companies whereby there are more opportunities, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I guess to echo what you said earlier, it's really about leadership of the organization as well, that there has to be like a clear uh, direction that they want to be able to provide those opportunities for all journalists, regardless of gender. Correct, yes. I truly enjoyed reading the stories in the book. It was such a treat to get into the mind of women journalists and their thought processes as they approach reporting on all these important events. Will there be a second volume? 
Ah, I don't know. Let's ask Hengli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping so. I mean, the moment I published this book and then word got out, and people have been so supportive. They've been, you know, sharing me screenshots on Instagram, like, hey, I picked up this book, and, you know, I would also reshare the images that they tagged me on. And, and I've gotten, like, even former journalists and friends who message me saying, hey, if you're doing a second edition, I would love to be part of it. So to me, that sounds like a very positive, um, yeah, commitment to wanting to do like the next chapter but yeah we'll see cross fingers all right well this is a message to penguin that there is appetite for a second volume so that's definitely something to consider before we let you go rita where can listeners find the book thanks uh, so the book it's available both in kinokuniya malaysia as well as uh, the lit books so do support your independent bookstore as well yes thank you rita thanks so much for speaking with me today Thanks, Shazana. I had such a lovely time and I hope you guys enjoy the book and do share with me. I'm available on uh, Instagram at Rita Wright. That's R-E-T-A-W-R-I-T-E-S. Cheers. I've been speaking to Rita Lee, editor of the stories that women journalists tell, a compilation of essays featuring women journalists reporting from Southeast Asia. This has been Pressing Matters on The Morning Run. Coming up next is the 10 a.m. News Bulletin, and then it's over to Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.